You are listening to a new episode of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about a console you should pick up, games you should play on it, and all this for under $200 in this week's Starter Kit Showdown. So this showdown, we had to boost up a little bit. 200 bucks. Normally we're around 150 pending the console, of course. And yes, as old people, it's uh, it's got some certain needs, and those needs are more of your money. Yeah, and so this week we are doing the Nintendo Entertainment System, otherwise known as the NES. and um, Or the Famicom. Yeah, or the Famicom. Named for the family computer. That is true. That is true. So we got quite the list on each of our sides. Uh, Ryan and I will be going head-to-head to see whose list is better for a small collection that you can pick up for a small fortune uh, on the NES. But to start this episode out, we always like to go over a little bit of a console history. So Ryan, why don't you kick it off? So the NES, or Nintendo Entertainment System, launched in the U.S. for $179 in October of 1985. Adjusted for inflation, that would be about $465 in 2020 money. So, um, 2020 money or 2022? 2020. Oh, based on what you got. Okay. Yeah. So the... Um, the launch lineup for this was actually a really good lineup, I think. So you had uh, 10-yard fight, baseball, Clue Clue Land, Duck Hunt, Excite Bike, Golf, Gyromite, uh, together with the Robotic Operating Buddy, or Rob. Rob the Robot, Hogan's Alley, Ice Climber, Kung Fu, Mock Rider, Pinball, Stack Up, Super Mario Bros, Tennis, Wild Gunman, and Wrecking Crew. And, like That's a pretty big lineup lots there for for lots of people um this was really you know a big time the video game market had had a huge crash there had been a bunch of really cheap garbage games made for atari and all the other consoles before and uh you know the world wasn't really looking for you know more bad games at the time and then nintendo swoops in and basically, you know, saves and turns around and makes it so that we can sit here and talk about all the stuff we love today. Like, this was the moment of the revival, you know, don't call it a comeback. It was a comeback. It was a comeback. It was a comeback. Well, uh, you know, before we go into our, guess, our time with the console here, you could spend time with us on social media, at the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook, at Game Deflators on Twitter. You can find us on thegameinflators.com. Leave us a five-star review, five stars, on the podcast application you're listening to now, as well as other podcast apps that are out there. <clears throat> Ryan, I think that was a good lineup, but what was your time with the console? So I never had an NES. Um, growing up, I had exposure to NES at um, after-school daycare, and at a friend's house that lived in another state that I would go visit sometimes during the summers. And they had, you know, like, Duck Hunt and Mario is mostly what I remember there. And then I remember after school daycare, it was all about Excite Bike. And um, I, I don't know, I even till today, I still have, like, an affection for Excite Bike. I, I think it was... Um, the first game that I remember, like, 
Well, no, because I, I must have played Mario and Duck Hunt before Excite Bike, because I was definitely living in some other place. For some reason, Excite Bike just stands out to me as like the the classic epitome of NES. I kind of have been biased in a way for a long time where I've always kind of weighed other NES titles against that, thinking that that was kind of what things were. So I've been very impressed you know, later on with some of the games that we've played and some games that I've seen online or things that I've played myself that, you know, the NES has a lot more to offer than something that simple. And it does have, you know, more depth, complexity, uh, great, uh, you know, art in certain games. You know, it's it's a really good console. And I wish that I had more exposure and, and time with it. I mean, one of the reasons I got my... Um, Famicom Game Boy Micro and my retro cart for that is so that I could go back and play more NES games and I really haven't taken advantage of that I played like some Metal Storm on it and that was about it so for me the console itself I of course as well like you did not own an NES growing up mine was played through like different family members and such so and I've talked about this one before. Like my my uncle had his NES at his house. Whenever we saw my uncle, we played Nintendo. That's all we did. We had a Super Nintendo at our house at the time, but we played Nintendo because that's what he had. And we would play Duck Hunt all the time on his TV. Uh, we would also play some Mario Bros. Mega Man. Actually, it was kind of odd thinking back that my uncle had Mega Man, but he did. Uh, Super Glove Ball. Uh, we played some of that. Uh, with the controller itself. And in fact, I think I have it on my list. I don't recall if I did add it. Uh, and what was the other one we would play a little bit of? Uh, Tetris as well. Like that's what he had. And I mean, I loved every moment of it. Every time we played Mega Man, I always thought it was hard growing up. And it is a hard game. It's not exactly the easiest of platformers to play, especially when you're young. Uh, so we had some time with that. Uh, with Duck Hunt, we never knew about the being able to control, you know, with the controller and having the gun for the ducks themselves. Uh, so we always just kind of took turns on that. Uh, Super Glove Ball was always a ton of fun. I never knew what the hell was going on, uh, but we played it and we liked it. And then Tetris is obviously Tetris. Like yeah. that was just something that we played. What's What's funny though is, out of all of those games, Tetris was probably my least favorite game out of all of those titles, uh, for whatever reason. And um, Nowadays, I love Tetris. I'll play it all day long. <laughs> no issues. So the other instance in which I played uh, would have been um, probably Mario as well, but at my cousin's house. Uh, but he had an NES, but for whatever reason, he like skipped a generation with Super Nintendo and then hopped into N64. So like whenever we played it at his house, it was like a little bit of uh, Nintendo, but we were always about the N64. So constantly playing Wave Race and like Mortal Kombat 64 instead. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I, I thought, it, or I always think that's a, a good console at the end of the day. There's a lot of standout titles for this game or for this game console. And, uh, a lot of great things that you and I have played together, um, since we've been doing a podcast. So I, I think artwork is always standout. Um, you know, I think the, the music on a lot of these games are, are fantastic as well. And, uh, they still to this day play just as good as any current gen game i feel as far as like indie titles that are you know of similar nature yeah um speaking of standout titles man uh i'll, I'll dive into this you know for me of course it, Mega Man 4 is one of his standout titles uh did play a little bit of that growing up 
Um, I would say that uh, Life Force was one that I played quite a bit of uh, growing up um, whenever I had the opportunity to and was standout for me. Mario Bros, of course, is a standout title. Super Glove Ball, Duck Hunt, uh, those are pretty obvious ones. Tetris is always an obvious one as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there was one other that was always on there. Tecmo. Every time I saw somebody play Tecmo, um, that was always standout for me as well. Not necessarily like, you know, at my uncle's or anything, but seeing other family members that had an NES play Tecmo. Um, mm-hmm. It's like I'd go to like another cousin's house and wasn't allowed to play or like, you know, they'd be playing a game with friends and, you know, I'm sitting here at whatever age and they're, yeah. you know, much You're older. You're the little kid. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't about to play Tecmo. So seeing that, but those were standout titles for me growing up. Yeah, dude. Um, Mario Bros. 3, huge. That's like a legendary game and like one of the best in, you know, the series, I think. And that's like to be on, you know, like the original Nintendo console, it seems like it should be later than that, you know, to go like, not only did you make the first Mario on it, but you made like, you know, I guess <laughs> Doki Doki Panic and then Mario Bros. 3. Um, all awesome games. Um, I always bring up Metal Storm because I like it. I think it's cool. I don't know if the audience knows about it. It's like an expensive game. You're like a robot. And you could basically like the trick of it is like inverting gravity. So it's like you hit a button, you're like, Instead of jumping, you just flip gravity to be on the ceiling or be on the floor, and that's how you platform through. And it looks great. It's super fun. Um, River City Ransom, awesome game. Uh, we played that on the podcast. Monster in My Pocket, one of my favorite games that we've had on the podcast. Never cease to bring that up. That game is so underrated, man. <laughs> it really is. The, the amount of things that got their start on here, like... Um, I haven't spent much time with it, but, you know, I've got the Zelda um, Game & Watch. That's got, you know, the old school Zelda 1 and 2. Those are both classics, and that's on there. Uh, You know, I mean, I guess, you know, I I don't know. People people really like the original Metroid. Um, I've not really ever played it, I don't think. I think we played at Starfighters one time. Did we? Yeah. Okay, because my first exposure to Metroid was on the Game Boy. Um, there's just so many titles that got their start here, and like we're still playing a lot of those things today. I wonder, you know, what, what could have had this kind of impact and this kind of start like on this? Like None of the other companies at the time were really doing, you know whatever the magic Nintendo had in their back pocket, they just couldn't reproduce it. I mean, for the the way that it's come to now, like, I love the Lego set you got. I want that Lego set for the NES. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't make that for Atari or anything. Like, the cultural iconism of this console, I think, really speaks for itself. I mean, if you're out there and you've never, you know held one of those square controllers or, you know, pushed down the game into the load bay in the console. There's like, it's, it's its own feeling and its own thing. I I wish they made consoles like this still. Yeah. Now everything's like the, the sleek, 
PS5 look and and discs and and all that. There's something about this console that really speaks to me in in ways that others don't. Well, you can get a Retron 5, <laughs> keep it up, you know. You get the sleek look, but you get to push down the game and such. Um, well, let's jump into our actual showdown, man. Uh, so I can I can go first on this. So we are doing a hundred dollars for the console this time. Uh, originally, I thought you could get it on fifty because that's what price charting was said. But when you go take a look at eBay, I mean, maybe you could get a console only for fifty bucks, but you'd be hard pressed to get like the full setup to be able to play. Yeah. And John did bring up you could get a Retron Five for like fifty bucks. No, or a Retron Four. Retron Five is about a hundred something bucks, but like you get like a an older Retron that just plays NES. You can okay. get a Retron Two, Retron Three. Like there's various Retron consoles out okay. there. Um, that work effectively. They're not bad consoles by all means. Um, you know, I think longevity-wise, you're going to get more out of an NES, uh, but you're not going to have the flexibility to play, you know, Super Nintendo on it. Or what about like the? Don't they have like a top loader, like cheap version of the NES that came out later? Uh, I mean, it's not cheaper because oh, isn't it? no? That's the uh, you got the dog bone controller and the top loader NES, but I think that's a little more expensive. Mm. Yeah, I actually think I have a couple dog bone controllers. I have to check. Like, not super common to, to come across those. So we're doing $200, like we said, for the budget on this one. Yeah. John's not feeling so confident. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I'll see what I got here. So first game I have is Ghosts and Goblins. Difficult game. God, so hard. Yeah, difficult game. Uh, absolute bitch. And then playing Super Ghosts and Goblins just as bad, or playing on arcade just as bad. No matter what, you're not going to have a good time. But <laughs> it's challenging. And it's fun, and it's you the know original Dark Souls. <laughs> it is basically the original Dark Souls, and I could have added Battletoads here, but Battletoads really has like a couple levels that are difficult, and then you're good. Uh, this is just a bitch all around. So, Ghosts and Goblins. I haven't had a ton of time playing uh, outside of the first few levels because, well, frankly, I just can't get past them. Uh, but I've always enjoyed Super Ghosts and Goblins better, or more. I mean, not better. Um, but yeah, Ghosts and Goblins the first one. It's a solid title to add to your collection if you don't have it. And uh, it's nice to, you know, get your friends mad when they come over to play. That one's $17.49. Next one I have on my list, Pro Wrestling, which we just played. Had to add it, man. It was just that much you fun. You liked it that much, I huh? liked it that much, man. I added it to my list. I said it should have been $10. Uh, I had it as, you know, a, a $10 price point. It's $7.45 to pick up a loose copy of that game right now. And... It's just, it's good, dude. It's it's not like your WWF Royal Rumble or anything like that, but it's a fun enough wrestling game that you can sit back and enjoy that with a few friends and, you know, have some fun here and there and put it back up and play it again at some other point in time. I, I, felt, I felt it was a good ad. Um, going a little cheap here, uh, I added in Bionic Commando, and I put this in as kind of like a Contra filler. So if you're looking for that same type of side-scrolling shoot-em-up experience uh, with a, a player in, in this regard, Bionic Commando. And I think Bionic Commando offers a little bit more as well uh, than you do with a Contra. Being able to attach to certain walls and stuff and cling to certain things. like You, you get that with Contra, but not to the same extent. And I think this takes it to a whole different level. Uh, so I have Bionic Commando on there. And that game is sitting at 11.22, but the cool thing about Bionic Commando is they did a remake on PS3 a number of years back, and uh, apparently that got good reviews as well. So it's one of those titles that it might be worth us looking into, like playing down the road, like both, just to do a comparison on like what it was on NES versus PS3. I would like to do something like that. Yeah, he was in 
Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Bionic Commando guy. So the next title I have here is Life Force on the NES as well. And Life Force is a uh, uh, side-scrolling shooter, pretty much, with a uh, with a spaceship. Uh, you can put in the old Konami code on this one. Uh, get yourself a ton of lives. And it's just, it's a great game, dude. It's it's easily on, like, the top 50 games list out there for NES consistently. Uh, it's got fantastic music. Uh, the visuals are great, of course. And then the actual playability of this game is, is right on par with, like, some of the best games on the console. Uh, obviously why it's, you know, within the top 50. Um, so we should play that one at some point too, actually. I, I've enjoyed a lot of time playing that title. Um, that one is 1874. Uh, next on my list, I've got DuckTales. Because why not? Why not, dude? Uh, 20... I almost put DuckTales on my list. Oh, did you? Yeah, almost. Twenty two ninety nine on DuckTales. I actually beat DuckTales on the Wii U. Uh, so they did the, the remaster on the Wii U as well as the PS3 and Xbox 360 uh, several years ago. And I enjoyed that one, man. I, I really did enjoy playing uh, some DuckTales on that console. I haven't had a chance to play it on the NES, but I mean, I, I've seen video gameplay of this, and I think from a graphic standpoint, yes, you're going to get better on, obviously, the you know more recent generations of consoles. But from uh, you know the, the fun aspect of this, just as good of a time. It's got that pogo. Yeah, you got the pogo stick with Scrooge. Um, I think it was on PS Plus the remake at some point because I think I've played it. Probably, I know they were it shot up in value because they removed it from various stores. So, oh no, my list went away. Uh, oh, there it is. Uh, next on my list is going to be Rygar. You and I played Rygar not too long ago. We enjoyed our time with Rygar. We felt that Rygar was actually, um, you know quite the game uh compared to some of the other titles that are out there uh you know we had the um the genie guys or whatever like the different gods you go to different levels and uh being able to explore the that world in particular was kind of nice because it very much had like an open world concept feel mixed in with the side scroll element or platforming element that's that's what i always feel with games like that there's like yeah way more going on than i ever thought there would be yeah, for sure. And, you know, Rygar, when we played that, I just, it wasn't a game that, like, I ever thought, hey, this I'm going to sit down and play Rygar. Like, yeah. this is a great game. Never thought that. And then we played and we we're like, holy crap, this is actually pretty good. And so that is certainly on my list uh, for that reason alone. Yeah, Rygar then, made my list too. Yeah. And then normally I wouldn't add this, but I'm going to Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt. You know, I love the original Mario Bros. I think it's a ton of fun. Mario 3 is obviously going to be the superior out of those two titles. Uh, but, I mean, from a value perspective, if you don't have a Mario game and you want it on NES, you can get this plus the Duck Hunt combo. So you got two games in one. But you need the bucks. light gun. You do need a light gun. So, pending where you save, because I'm not saying buy retail on this. I always say buy, you know, at a lower price point when you can. Um, so console wise, maybe you don't spend a hundred bucks, maybe you spend 75 or 80 cause you find it, you know, third party, uh, outside of eBay or, you know, locally through like Craigslist or something, uh, and then pick up the gun that way. There's bundles out there. So you can probably pick up a, how much NES that, for? what's that? How much a light gun go for? I don't know. I think they go for like 10 bucks, but you can pick up third party light guns too. Okay. The only downside is you also have to have a CR or a CRTV. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, uh, for some reason I was thinking CRV. <laughs> it's a Honda. 
Um, so yeah, that's my list, dude. So uh, total, we're looking at without a light gun, we're looking at about one ninety seven eighty three if you picked up everything at today's retail uh, price point. Uh, but I think you can get that for a little bit cheaper and get your light gun as well. And find a CRTV uh, on somebody's doorstep or at a yard sale. I mean, they're they're around, man. Like people still have them. I got a CRTV in my garage just for whenever I do want to play some duck hunt. I can. Yeah. So. All right, John. Well, that is uh, certainly some list you got there. I can't believe we only had one crossover. Really? Yeah, just the Rygar. <clears throat> so, starting off on my far superior list, top of the line here, I got Gradius, or Gradius, or however you want to say it. It's side-scrolling Solid. shooter. It's, uh, I mean, traded out for Life Force. It's pretty much, you know, just as good. You take that back, sir. Uh, Gradius coming in at 1350 uh, I always like to have a lot of representation on my list so that, you know, there's a little bit of something in there for everyone. Uh, next up, the classic Tetris. It's all you played as a kid. You could play it for hours, John. Wasn't even on your list. No, it wasn't. Tetris coming in at 11.03. Not a lot that I need to say about Tetris. You know, good puzzling, good music. You know, definitely do, keep do, you entertained. Next up. Uh, taking a trip somewhere nice. Star Tropics. Star Tropics is actually a really awesome uh, couple of games. I've never played them. I've seen some Let's Plays and stuff online. Uh, adventure game, uh, some action, some puzzles, a lot going on. Really fun. Uh, 986 for that one, which was actually really surprising. For some reason, I always assumed that that was going to be a more expensive title than that. Star Tropics is actually a very, very solid game. Mm-hmm. Like it truly is a good game. Uh, next follow up, an also really solid game, Blaster Master. Uh, another game where it's a uh, you know larger adventure, uh, lots of different stuff going on. Uh, I did see a re of a play of the remake of this by Proton John last year. And I had not heard of this. I guess in my mind, Blaster Master, I always got confused with Math Blaster and thought they were the same thing. But this is like an awesome game where uh, you're this hero, you've got this battle suit, there's an AI girl that you're trying to save, you have a tank, you have all kinds of different weapon upgrades and different uh, types of guns and, and stuff that you use. Lots of, um, I don't know, lots of good stuff. It it always looked like a, an interesting game since I've seen it, and I, I think it would be good for you to put on your collection. You know, I uh, I think that's one that you and I should play at some point. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, next up, one of my favorites, uh, Excite Bike. Had to put it on here. Couldn't talk enough about it. I think it's a classic NES or yeah NES game that everybody should play. I would hope it's an NES game. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> jumping off of ramps and avoiding oil spills and revving up that little bike. <laughs> you know, that, that's a great game to play in the arcade too. Like, there's just something about like I honestly prefer to play that game on an arcade mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, the Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, Dragon Warrior, the OG RPG. Got to get your, you know, get your slime kill counts in. Save the kingdom. Uh, this was, you know, the establishment of a dynasty. I mean, Dragon Warrior has gone on to become such a pivotal, huge role. People 
take the day off of work and companies shut down and they I think they made it so they had to like release it on days that school wasn't in or something or that's what the rumors are anyways such a, a long-standing title coming from such humble beginnings at 971 uh, and then crossover Rygar that was 1344 last but not least Super Mario Bros 3 the legend this is going to be my highest price game coming in at 1947 rounding Damn. off the list I cannot believe that game is going for 19 dollars I mean, this is, of all the lists that I think I've put together on other consoles, I think I might be the most proud of this list. And I think that, you know, as great as this idea is for starting a collection with just a couple hundred bucks, um, this is probably the one that I would jump on the soonest just because, you know, these games are, I mean, still at a good price. Like a lot of these other consoles, you know, we've had a really hard time trying to put together good lists because some of the really good games are really expensive. And a lot of these are still really good games for this console. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually looking at my price charting a moment ago and I've got 171 games on the NES. So not a ton compared. I mean, the library is like 700 something. Uh, so I don't have a ton, but... They're not as pricey as I thought they'd be. You have your like standouts, like your, um, you know, your zombie Anything nation, rare. and yeah. yeah, the rare stuff, power blade and whatnot. But when it comes down to some of the more like normal titles, they're the actually stuff you want. they're actually not that bad. I mean, my 171 games and my collection is valued at like 3,500 bucks. That's not bad, actually, when it comes to 171 NES games, 3500 bucks. I mean, you're looking at, what's the math on that? Something like 25 bucks a game, roughly? Some, somewhere around those lines? No, you're doing a calculator right what now. What were the numbers? Uh, about, let's just say 3500 And uh, 171 games. Uh, about 20 bucks. Really? So it's even lower than I thought. Um, so yeah, I mean... They're still pretty affordable for the most part. I mean, when you can, all things considering um, where games are nowadays, I think the NES is still a very viable console to pick up games for. Uh, and in fact, maybe it's gone down a little bit too as people have started jumping into other titles. I mean, a lot of people that wanted to get their NES games have gotten their NES games. You know, a lot of people like that are our age and might be looking right now are probably looking more for like Super Nintendo and N64 games than anything else. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Like the. The other reason to probably jump in now is that the console itself is more expensive than, like, buying a Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know how well the maintenance goes on older consoles like that. But, like, if you want to get one that's, you know, good and working, you know, you'd probably be better off to do it this decade than next decade. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to replacing capacitors and all that type of stuff, which if you know how to solder, it's really not that hard. Um, it's more so, uh, you know, getting that fixed. It's really the harder part. The easier stuff is if your games aren't reading, usually it's because your pins are bad. Uh, so you can do one of two things, either clean the pins or you could just replace it all together. Taking apart an NES is not hard at all. It's actually kind of cool to open it up and, you know, look at all the different components that are inside of it. It's just a giant board of a bunch of capacitors, basically. And it's funny, like the pin set, the way it's laid out on at least the, uh, the you know, uh, horizontal um, game load-in, 
Uh, so like the original NES, not the top loader. But when you actually open it up and you take the pins, the pins are actually attached to another pin board similar to like a game. So you have like your game board and it's got the pins underneath and that kind of slides into the pin set. So the console itself, when you take it apart, you have pretty much this black pin holder that attaches to the main board like it's a game. So it's pretty cool when you think about stuff mm. like that. But, you know, I've taken them apart and cleaned up like the, the brass pins on the uh, interior of it as well. Uh, put in brand new uh, pins and those are pretty easy maintenance. Uh, there's sometimes an error that's tied to like, uh, I think it's like a blue screen of death. Uh, you can usually get rid of that. There's like one particular chip on the console. If you find it, you just undo one of the pins and it fixes the problem right off the bat. Tons of cool stuff with that console. And just, I think it's in terms of ease of repair, it's probably one of the easier ones to repair. It's as your far good as, starter hobbyist console. Yeah, I think so. Like the first consoles that I messed with in terms of repairing things were that. Um, the, uh, the Super Nintendo, if uh, the fuse gets blown, um, there's a way to fix that pretty easily. Uh, it's pretty standard replacement and just soldering a couple pieces together. And what's the other one that's easy to, to work with? I think Game Boy was another one. Yeah, Game Boy's pretty easy. Like if your screen goes out, that's a fun one uh, to sit back and actually like get your screen so that all the lines are no longer black. That's actually pretty cool too. Mm. Yeah, there's some fun stuff out there. Like if you if you're listening and you have not messed like dabbled in console repairs and you just want to get kind of you know into it. I think Nintendo, like the NES, is a great way to start. Like, pick up some broken NES consoles and just see if you can. Yeah, fix there them. you go. Pick up a cheap console, save yourself some money, figure out how to fix it, and then you can spend that money on even more games. You get a life skill, plus you can get a fixed up console. Depends on what's wrong with the console. So that's something to consider as well when you're looking for broken stuff. Is what is actually wrong with the console itself? You know, is it not powering on? Then if it's not powering on, what are some potential issues? Is it not loading up games? What are some potential issues on that? Obviously, the pins are usually one of the key things. And if it's not that, then one of the chips might be bad. And at that point, it's going to be a little harder to repair. But there's some there's some easy repairs on these older consoles. It's not all that bad. Like, I still got to... I actually have to recap an old uh, Atari 70, uh, 7800. I haven't done that yet. That should be fun. That's going to be a bitch. Because I got to do all <laughs> the caps on that console. Uh, plus, it doesn't power on, so I got to redo that too. Oh man, that'll yeah. be fun. Oh uh, yeah, I should take pictures of that one. Should be good. Well, anything else, dude, on the uh, NES? I think that I really like the NES. I think that it is definitely a console that, if you want to be a collector, you could definitely start there. I mean, a lot of people probably started their careers collecting. On NES. Careers? <laughs> well, uh, they're gaming careers. I guess, you know, yeah. yeah. Back in the true. day. So I would say that it's a good place for you to start, too. Yeah, I would agree. And it's great to get, like, younger kids. I mean, people our age nowadays that are having kids, it uh, it's a great console. Make them learn their, their paces. Way. They got to they gotta learn games the way we learned games. Learn them the way we learn them. And it's just easier, to be honest, because, I mean, you got two buttons and a D-pad. So I think... That also kind of helps when it comes to teaching, you know, younger kids video games is having two buttons versus four and right. and more. So, all right, man. Well, I enjoyed this one. I always like doing these. These are a lot of fun. Uh, but this has, of course, been a new episode of the Game Slayers podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.